You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app. Welcome into the Online Enquirer podcast, and we have a busy week on our hands. And to talk all about it, it's me, Jeremy Warner, Online Enquirer publisher, and Joey Wagner, Online Enquirer beat writer. And uh, Joey, uh, a big day for for Brett Bielma. We got a big day for Brad Underwood coming up. Usually, this is the slow time, man. We're like begging for Big Ten media days. That is certainly not the case right now. I saw this coming like in the first week of July. I was like, okay, this is about to no, I didn't see the commitments coming, but as the schedule started lining out with the basketball tournament and media days, it's like, oh man, it's back. Like the grind is is back and for us it's like back back because there's traveling and uh it, it's gonna be really fun and just uh a, a big a big wave to ride into that busy time. It's this has been a really kind of unexpectedly crazy week, I guess. Uh but it's it's answering a lot of questions we had. Yeah, big commitment, of course, Jaden Epps, uh, top uh, 100 point guard, uh, combo guard for Illinois. He can get buckets. So we talked about that with Derek yesterday. And then Illinois football follows that up with a huge commitment, Joey. Aiden Lawfrey, a three-star running back, a top 20 prospect, really, really good prospect, power five prospect, had offers from Michigan State. Uh, of course, Iowa, Illinois beats out here, and we'll talk about that here in a second. Uh, Minnesota was in on it. Mich- uh, Washington State was in on him. Just a really good get. And, and most importantly, a kid from 30 minutes up the road at Gibson City, Melvin Sibley. But eight in-state commitments already for Brett Bioma. Lovey Smith had nine in his first class, and that ended up being really good for him. Some of the in-staters didn't work out, and some of them, like Brett Bioma, they were kind of evaluations. We'll see um, how good some of those guys are. But Lawfrey, Jordan Anderson, uh, those are top 20 guys. Ian Pugh and Jared Beatty, those are top 20 in-state kids. That's where we really thought Brett Bielma could improve in-state recruiting, or we thought Illinois could live in in-state recruiting. So before we get into the Lawfrey thing, it's just been a really solid start, uh, obviously, for, for in-state recruiting. I think this one was really a statement, locking up the best Central Illinois prospect. Like, Hank Beatty's good, Clayton Leonard's got some potential, but, but Aiden Lawfrey, when it came to Power 5 schools, he was the most wanted kid in Central Illinois. Of course, Austin Brown, they weren't able to get a four-star uh, out of Southern Illinois, but uh, this is a nice big get and a really encouraging sign for Brett Bielma. Yeah, it's it's every message that Brett has has tried to put out there. He's backing it up now with the commitments and and Jeremy, I did some research. I don't know if when I'll ever write it, so we'll put it out here. Uh, we I thought ten to thirty. Obviously, that's going to fluctuate a little bit with with how good the state is, but I think that is an area that Brett can really build a good foundation of his football team. If you dominate that area, that's not saying take every 10 to 30 kid, but, but it's to so really say your... just, just to interrupt, just a, you're saying kids ranked 10 yeah. to 30 in the state. Yep. In the 24 seven composite. Yeah. So it, if you can get, and that's what he's done. He's got eight players in that ranking, all eight this year. That's, 
that's where some of the foundations can be. And then when you get, you know, ideally, if you're Brett, you win football games and then you start landing a couple of those one to nine kids and and you start hitting, you know, some of those ranking home runs, not necessarily the guys who you think, you know, are are still very, very good players. So this year they've got eight, right? In the last five recruiting cycles, which basically it's the, the Lovey's first class, they had 10 total. Out of 104, one kid committed to Oklahoma State several years ago. Actually, I don't believe in the country. I don't even think he played football anymore. So 104 players, they got 10. That was not even the best in the Big Ten. And they got 8 of 20 uh, right now in this one class. Yeah, so you can see. And look, this does have, to, to Lovey's credit, this does have some 2017 vibes to it, that first class yes. of Lovey. But I, frankly, in terms of the ratings – Lovey had some bigger fish in that class, right? There was a Ricky Smalling, I believe, was six. Kendrick yeah. Green was nine. Can I go back to that class? Yeah. Because I was, I love that class, and I think you go back and, and if people look at the the 2017 recruiting class for Lovey Smith, a lot of them are still here because of the super senior rule. That ended up being a very good class. But if you just look at recruiting wise, I mean, Ricky Smalling, uh, I know he didn't finish out his career, and you know, didn't quite, you know continue the momentum he had from a great freshman year but he's a good big 10 player and he was number six in the big 10 rankings uh then you had kendra green who's a monster get so lovey actually was ahead of bomo when it comes to getting those top 10 kids but i i know the off the field stuff of l'oreal Oladipo, that was a huge recruiting win kind of like lawfrey kind of like jared Beatty. um kendall smith was a solid in-state get good athlete Jaleel martin's kind of a similar prospect if illinois is able to get him but then some of the evaluations they made Vidarian Lowe what a hit that was uh, for Luke Buckus and Lovey Smith Alex Palcheski what a steal that was and then you had kids like Mark Mondesir Cam Thomas those were athletes uh, who could you turn them into football players Mark Mondesir still contributing I think that was still a solid program player obviously Cam Thomas did not work out James Knight got hurt and that was a little bit of a stretch of a get there but that's a really good in-state class that really set the foundation for Lovey Smith. And then he just completely changed courses. He changed recruiting coordinators uh, and went the opposite way and said, in-state, you know, I'll go with, I'll go hard for a couple kids every year, uh, but I'm not going to go hard for all of them. And I, I think that was a huge mistake uh, for Lovey Smith because that class ended up being really good. I mean, they had really good players. Delshawn Phillips was a Juco player in that one. Tony Adams, uh, Mike Epstein, Lou Dorsey at the time, what a get he was. Rayvon Bonner was good. And then you go to Nate Hobbs. And, and of course, you know, Bobby Roundtree was a huge get for them at the time. So that ended up being Isaiah Gay, that Owen Carney, like that's a really good recruiting class. And then you just kind of change course. But in state, like that's what you should try and get every year is eight or nine kids and five or six of them can really work out for you. And that's what I think we're seeing. Not I think that is what we're seeing with what Brett is doing with his first recruiting class. And, you know, I guess all we can say is we'll see if this continues in two to three kids. I mean, we don't know. We I have a sneaking suspicion that it will continue and, and this effort will continue. But that there is i mean you know i think it's sometimes when coaches get hired and they they do the whole in-state we'll do this that and the other it gets a little tired but if you go back and historically look when it's been a priority it's it's worked out and you know pretty well for them again not everyone's going to be a hit jeremy that's clear in every recruiting class and every ranking there's five stars that don't hit 
but you want to give yourself a fighter's chance and you want to maintain those relationships. Yeah. And sometimes the state isn't that great. Uh, Mm -hmm. And I would agree that a Texas or a Florida kid uh, who's a three-star might be a little bit better than than an Illinois kid who's a three-star, but, and that's not true of them all. Right. But there's just more of them. Um, but you still got to get those kids. And that's where Lovey struggled. He wasn't getting the best out of Texas or the, the best out of Florida. Uh, he was kind of getting the leftovers there. And some of them worked out and some of them did. Um, so you better be sure because I, I just don't think you can abandon the state. I think as the flagship school, you have to recruit um, the state. And I just think if you don't, you're not going to get many of them. Um, and Lovey Smith found that out because if you try and cherry pick it all, um, you know, you don't have those relationships. Like you want to be honest, you're not going to take everybody. Uh, and some classes aren't going to be the, that great. Maybe they'll only get four guys in state. But um, if you recruit kids in state, more of them will piggyback off it. Right. And we're seeing that now, like these in-state kids know each other. They, they are friends with each other. They go to camps and compete against each other. They play against each other on the field and it's just more comfortable. So I, I know we've always gone over that, but Brett Bielma is, is following it up and he's backing it up. And I agree. I don't think he'll change like Lovey did. I think he's going to say this is because he did it at Wisconsin, right? And, and Arkansas is not a great state to, for in-state recruiting, but he did it at Wisconsin and it paid off greatly for him. And I also wonder like how many strikes until you're out, right? Like cause some of these high school coaches through no fault of Brett have heard the whole, we'll be here. And then you're there until you're not there. And, I just don't know that Brett's got, you know, and again, I don't think he's going to change course, but I don't think he's got a very long window. If he's not there at some point, it's going to be like, okay, we've seen this before. And this is the same story we've always heard. So really a long-winded way of saying it's a heck of a way for him (laughs) in state wise to put his foot down and, and really establish and back up what he said he was going to do. And there are, he, he, in this class, there are some good out-of-state commitments, right? We think Joey Elko is good. We think Hunter Whitenecks good. Donovan Leary, you know, obviously everybody wants to see the quarterback. Owen Anderson, those guys outside of the state of Illinois. But when you look in here, Pugh, Beatty, Lawford, those are huge, huge commitments for him. And and he really, in a short time, he's, he's really made some headway in this. Yeah, and um, you know, 2023, we'll see what that class ends up looking like. You know, there's not a lot of rankings out there. A lot of these guys don't have a lot of games uh, to show, but they've already offered a couple kids: Roderick Pierce, uh, Austin Barrett, Malik Elzey. The big one for me next class is Caden Fagan, um, the, out of Arthur, Illinois. Like that is your area. You got in first. It's going to be really interesting to watch that and and just how the next next class develops. But I think getting a great first in state class and then pushing the pedal hard on the second class is going to be really interesting to watch all right Aiden Lawfrey let's break this down Joey I, I think this is the biggest recruiting win they've gotten in this class I don't know if Lawfrey is the best prospect in this class he's not ranked that but I think this is the best recruiting win in the class and I'll tell you why because Jared Beatty is a good win from what I understand, Michigan State and Minnesota weren't pushing as hard as Illinois, and Tennessee, I think, wasn't pushing as hard. So Illinois pushed the pedal to the metal, and they got him. That's a good win. Ian Pugh, you're going with Iowa on that one. Cincinnati, you flipped him. Great recruiting win. I'm not going to you know, knock that, but Iowa was going hard after Jacob Bostic as well, and they just wanted one of Bostic or Pugh. This one was a head-to-head win against Brett Bielema's alma mater, against a way better program, uh, a program that had a bigger need at running back and potentially easier sell at running back, uh, and they wanted two running backs, and they have none right now in this class. 
This is Brett Bielma going head-to-head -head against Kirk Ferentz, one of his mentors, one of his former employers, um, and obviously his alma mater, and he just beat him. He just beat him in a recruitment, and, and I talked with Aiden afterwards, and yeah, sure, being closer to home helped, uh, I think, a little bit in this one. But he said it was just the coaches. He said he had a better feeling, the family thing. He said, I know this is cheesy, but it was just different. I felt comfortable with those those guys that it didn't have anywhere else. Even though after every official visit, right, you feel like, he said, you feel like you want to commit to that place right after, after every official visit. Uh, but he said he just felt different with Illinois and that he could see himself at Illinois no matter who was there. But he said um, this coaching staff really won him over because they felt natural for him. And that seems to be a thing we hear over and over again that I know family, it's kind of hokey, but everyone says it's true and it's working for him. So I think it's a huge staff effort. Like he said, I don't even know who to call my lead recruiter because they were all involved. And as you and I know, that wasn't the case on the last staff. Yeah. And I think we're seeing that I, I would say arguably more times than not with this coaching staff is this one's probably way further out there because you're right. Like I would say Corey is the lead recruiter, Corey Patterson, the running backs coach. But I don't, I don't say that with a ton of confidence because there are so many guys. And you know, we've seen Bart Miller take the lead on some linemen. And, but then it, it's like once, once they sense that, that doors open a little bit, they all, every coach just flocks through and tries to get it. And we've seen when they, when they really lock in on a target they go and outside of Austin Brown, I would say, and, and look, they're going to miss on targets, man, that happens. But if you have a pretty good hit rate, I, I would say, you know, that's something you can hang your hat on a little bit, but I'll also add Jeremy, if, especially with Aiden, if you look back and you read the reports that were coming out of Iowa city and there seemed to be, and there were two crystal balls for Iowa. Like a, after that official visit, there seemed to be, some serious, serious momentum. And we thought that could happen, right? He took his first visit to Illinois early on in June, the first weekend. Washington State was in there. Then Iowa got a chance to close to close this here and, and be the last official. And there was some pretty, I mean, there was smoke coming out of there, right? I mean, yeah. there, there seemed to be a thought that that could maybe be where he landed. And, and I saw, uh, first of all, also WCI did an outstanding job. Uh, hosting yeah. his commitment announcement that was just really well done all around and and he told marley weirdo he said hey saturday i had a conversation with brent bielema and that really was kind of the cherry on top it is you know i understood it and it's a big deal man yeah. you're right he beat brett or he beat kirk parents head to head and he they really had to work for it but they won it yeah uh aiden said he made the call to bielema to commit on saturday uh, and, and he was just going to tweet it out. Um, but uh, Mike Allen at GCMS, I mean, this is a big deal for that small town. And I, I have a little bit of history there. I, I used to cover uh, Paxton. Uh, I used to be at the Paxton Record, the sports editor there. It was my first job out of college. And, you know, I learned a lot in my two years there. And I covered GCMS, who made some playoff runs. And Aiden Loffrey probably would have been a fifth or sixth grader at the time, or way, probably third or fourth grade, actually, at that time. And they made a run to state, and he was watching those guys. And um, now Aiden's that guy in that small town that these kids all got to see commit to Illinois on television. Like, that was really cool. Uh, and I was I was happy there was no, like, hat fake even for Iowa, even though Illinois fans, Loffrey would have gone down in, like, history for that. Like, I, I always think that's a mistake. You don't want to burn too many bridges. Just just celebrate the, the school you pick. So I thought that was pretty classy uh, by Aiden. But it was a big deal for, for that small town. Anybody who's been in a small town, I grew up in a small town uh, just like Aiden, like to see that, 
to see somebody obviously he's blessed athletically he's one of the fastest dudes in the state but um to to see that somebody like that can come out of your town was was really 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 cool but that's also the kind of recruitments brett bielman needs to win like you you can't lose somebody within an hour or two radius really to me from that kind of program like that's got to be your your spot where you put the fence around like you're not going to put the fence around chicago there's not enough allegiance out there. There are too many people drink from that water. But there's a kid in Tuscola a couple years ago, Hunter Woodard. You got to land that kid, right? Or if there's a kid coming out of Marola like Jack Hockaday, you got to land that kid. Or Rochester like Hank Beatty. Now, Austin Brown's a little bit different. If it's a four or five-star kid, maybe it's going to be a little bit different. And I got to tell you, Illinois felt pretty good about Austin Brown going into that final day. And um, they were a little surprised that he picked Wisconsin, but you understand it's Wisconsin. It's Jim Leonard, uh, who, who could be your Green Bay Packers defensive coordinator if he wanted to, but he just loves Wisconsin, right? So, like, I get why he would want to pick that, but I think it's really encouraging that maybe the next Nick Broker, Illinois is going to have a real shot at. Or maybe the next Kendrick Green, Illinois is going to have a real shot at, Joey. Like, Lovey was able to land him, but he wasn't able to follow it up with the guys like J.J. Guade or, or or Nick Broker or, so, or Albert O. who went to Missouri. Like, those are the guys you got to land in your backyard. It's funny you say Albert O. I saw him on Saturday, just a, a monster of a human being. He's absolutely large. And I thought – that is exactly what I thought. I oh, There's no way I, I can imagine a tight end – in the state of Illinois, getting out of the state of Illinois, if, if Brett's the coach, and maybe I was just kind of caught up in being so entrenched and in, in, you know watching these recruiting battles. But you're right; there are some some losses that are hard to explain. And I think at this point, if what we've seen in this class is you can explain away the loss, right? Like you can explain, like, hey, Jim Leonard, that that's got an explanation to be you know to say, or, you know, Danny McGuire goes to Northwestern, Deuce McGuire. You know, hey, you, you can explain that, but there, there's some losses that it's like in the past five recruiting cycles. Like, really, I don't, I don't know that I understand that one. And and look, I mean, there's a lot of ball game left in the Brett Bielema tenure, man. I'm sure in however many cycles we're going to look at this and say, how? That's because that's just what happens in recruiting, yeah. right? But it's a huge win, Jeremy. I mean, this really, yeah. this is a really big win, and I. And wow. I, yeah, let's break that down because um, Aiden is a really good football player. Just, just a really good football player with almost near – and I don't want to use the term elite all the time like some coach does, but like you could call his speed elite for a high school prospect. Maybe not top 247 elite where he's running a 10-3-100, but he ran a 10-5-8-100 this, this spring and he had a bad hammy. So um, this is one of the fastest kids in the state. If, if he wouldn't have had that hamstring injury, he darn near probably would have won state uh, in the 100 meters. And, and an interesting thing is Brett Bielma is encouraging him to, to run track at Illinois. And, and that helped Illinois a little bit as well. And, and Aiden's very interested in that. And, and Brett wants him to do it just because, hey, if you're around fast people getting faster, that's good for me too. So there would obviously be a balance of that with spring ball and all that. But uh, I, I love that he would do that. Like Marquez Beeson has thought of that in the past. Um, so I, I think that would be really interesting to see. But that, that's legit speed. And he also has power, though, to his game. He's about 5'11", 185. And anybody who knows the GCMS program, and I think of the Wilmington football program because that's what I grew up here uh, in the Interstate 8 Conference, former Interstate 8 Conference, like – 
it's just they have this strength program that is great. They have this youth program that is great. So he is ready uh, for what mostly ready for what a tank right program will be or or what a real kind of football program will be because it's just a great um, high school football program that, that preps these guys. I mean, we see Bryce Barnes make an impact at the Big Ten level. Uh, Mitch McNutt, if he, if he didn't want to get into weightlifting like he did, I, he was going to play special teams his true freshman year as a walk-on. So th- there's really good players that come out of that program, but Aiden is the fastest. He's the most athletic. He's got quick cut ability, and, and I think he could be a really good running back. He's in the mold of a Reggie Love. He's in the mold of a Dre Brown that can do a little bit of everything. But I also think he could be a safety eventually uh, if they wanted to put him there. He's fast enough. He's physical enough. He's just a really good football player with legit power five speed. Yeah, and I'll say they push for him at a position that is pretty well accounted for over the course of the next two years, three years. And and he's going to go into a running... And look, that was a sell that Iowa was Again, they, they go and they get him at this position, and Iowa was selling like, "Hey, we don't have that running back room, man." Like it, so so they locked. It's, it's locked weird, it right? Like Illinois can sell, or Iowa can sell more playing time at running back than Illinois, right? Yeah, what a what a world! But to to get him and to push and still do that, and I, you're right. I mean, I think there is some intrigue. Could they use him defensively at some point if that's a thing that works that option is on the table and any the more options you have on the table in this game the more valuable you are to a program we just talked about him Kendall Smith put a lot of options on the table for five years at Illinois and he's he's really become a valuable guy and I'm not saying that's the comparison but I'm just saying the more the more doors you have open the better yeah I mean if you envision the running back room if you want to do this for the next couple years Chase Brown's getting NFL looks Okay, like he he's got a late round grade on him right now, um, or at least the potential to be a late round guy. Um, Mike Epstein probably another year, you know, given that he was considering like is he going to play football still? Probably another year for him. Chase Hayden's got two years of eligibility. We'll see if he uses both of those. Um, I, I don't know if he's an NFL guy, but he's had injuries. He's a graduate student, uh, so we'll see with Chase Hayden. But those guys are really good and obviously short-term options. Uh, then Reggie Love, you know, this staff is really high on. Former top 500 prospect, saw really great things in the spring game, um, and, and he was still coming back from, what, a, a foot injury as a high school senior. So Reggie with another year. He's just a redshirt freshman. He's going to be a guy they envision as a bell cow guy. They think Aiden can be that as well. Uh, they could align Aiden up in the um, the slot at times as well, Aiden said. They, they've talked to him about that. But I think if you're talking about who's going to get the most carries in future years, I think Reggie Love and Aiden Loff are kind of those versatile do-everything backs. Well, Nick Fadonzo's got abilities. He's got size and speed as well, but we just haven't seen anything from him yet. But then you got these two big backs who are really intriguing with Josh McCray, who's a really good receiver, but they already list him at 61240, Joey, uh, on the official Illinois roster. And you saw Jordan Anderson up close. And I texted somebody in the Illinois program when I saw him up close in the spring, and I said, This guy is a freak. He's 6'3", 225, absolutely ripped. Looks like a sophomore in college already, and he's a really good running back. He just He's a man amongst boys at the high school level. Obviously, he'll have some things he's got to you know work on at the, at the next level, but that's a great group of backs where it's versatile. You got two guys who can do a little bit of everything, more of the traditional running backs, and then you got these two big dudes who can do something different. I think that's going to be a strength of this team for the future. 
And look, I mean, they've not hidden behind what they want to do offensively, and that includes running the football and running it effectively. So that's if you're going to be loaded at a position for the next three, four, five years, that's a pretty good one to be loaded at in this system and, and keep churning in players and keep keep finding guys to get handoffs to. I, I just keep coming back, Jeremy, to how substantial this win is for Brett. And again, usually when we say that, it's not like, oh my gosh, they got like Jared Beatty was a substantial win because that is a pretty serious position of need moving mm-hmm. forward. This is like a substantial, and also he's a good football player in the state of Illinois with power high, five, offers. high ceiling prospect, right? Like just a great. Yeah, yeah I'm, he, he's not just a win because of the position he plays. He's yeah. a win for a lot of reasons. But it's for everything you said, Jeremy. It's it's this when I covered when I was in Decatur. I, I, you know, kind of covered Milliken on the surface a little bit, you know, kind of see what they're doing. And and I thought some programs could have recruited better locally because one, they're good, you know, basketball, football, baseball players. But the more people who live within like an hour, the more people who are coming to these games, yeah. these are butts in the seat. Mm-hmm. And if the butts in the seat are watching somebody who's good at football and you have that allegiance within an hour, that's, like that's a win-win-win, right? And then, oh, by the way, you beat out Iowa, and not a lot of Illinois fans are gonna, you know, lose any sleep over that tonight. Right. So it's there's just so many layers to this that, and really, you're right. This is one of the first like power five dog fights that we've yeah. seen Brett head to head against a big, and you have to have those, and you got to have them early, right? Like. I understand, like, if Bielma's was going to lose, you know, Austin Brown or he's going to lose on a, a Deuce McGuire or things like that. But um, you got to win some of those, too, just to show you can recruit, right? Like, I think it, it's a telltale sign of recruiting. And I think Lovey showed that with Ricky and he showed that with Kendrick. I thought those were, and Loray, I thought those were big wins for him. It's just he didn't sustain that or he didn't care to sustain that in state. Uh, I think Brett's going to sustain that. I think his he and his staff with more time uh, could be even more dangerous. And I think that's what's uh, exciting, when, when, especially when you're, you're beating teams that you emulate to be. Illinois emulates to be Iowa. Um, they emulate to be, right, uh, Wisconsin or Michigan State. And you're beating some of these programs for some of those teams. Um, you, you'd like to land some defenders coming up, some more defenders to go along with Jared Beatty and Malachi Hood, two in-state kids. And that'll be next in the class. But, you know, we're still waiting to see Sean Miller at the end of this week. Can Illinois get a top 500 wide receiver to add to this, uh, you know, pretty good offensive you know, class that you've put together that's filled a lot of needs? And that's what this class has done. I think it's really showed you, like, what they want to do offensively so far. It's – Pro-style quarterback. It's big, physical, road-grader offensive lineman with a nasty attitude. It's it's tight ends on tight ends, including walk-ons, right? They got that in the last part of the last class. And then wide receivers, you got one slot, but you got two lanky, long options who can stretch the field, and Illinois has not had a lot of those uh, in recent years. So, And the big backs, right? These are really good running backs that they've added from in-state. So I think we're starting to see what Bielma gets, and none of it's surprising. None of it's surprising, but I think they're good fits. And I think what is also I keep coming back to, especially when you look at Iowa that can sell, you know, not a very deep running back room moving forward that can sell all of these mountains of wins they've had, the bowl games, the success, all of this. Brett Bielma and his coaching staff, have nothing more to sell right now, literally nothing more than hope 
and their personality. That's it. I, I, seriously, they they haven't played a football game, so they've not won a football game. They might be fighting uphill over the history of what Illinois has been, and maybe some some gaps in relationships, especially with some of these instators. And I mean, Brett Bielema and his coaching staff, for the most part, a couple guys who have been around have known these kids for seven months and have known their families for seven months. So that, to me, it's like if you're a fan and you're looking at this, it's like okay, they're they're doing pretty well in the first year. And look, first years always do, you know, maybe his, I shouldn't say always, they historically do pretty well as as this pitch of hope and a turned a corner and a fresh start and all of this. But this is a pretty good and and again, you could say the same for Lovey in 2017. This is a pretty good start for for selling hope and not much more. And then when you you zoom in on individual recruitments you fought against a lot of things to, to beat Iowa, man. And, yeah. and you did it. And I think he should get credit for how he's built this staff or this recruiting class, particularly in state, get the guys early that, you know, you're going to get, take them early and then expand your number of recruiters. Right. And they've done a good job of, of making sure these recruits, these committed kids are connected yeah. to branch out that network and make a larger net to try to bring in some of these guys that's a, I mean, that's a good call because, I mean, I think some of these kids you could look at and say, could they have gotten them later in the class? I think that's a fair thing to say, but the plan was not to do that, and, and it's worked out is the way they've yeah. used some of these commits to to go ahead and, and really push the gas on some of these other guys. You're right. They could have waited on Clayton Leonard. They could have waited on Henry Boyer. They could have waited on Jordan Anderson, right? Uh, Hank Beatty, maybe not. I don't know, but, like, you could have waited on some of those guys, um, but they're – they felt good about their convictions with them, right? And and those guys have helped recruit, like Clayton Leonard and Hank Beatty. Like Hank knows Aiden pretty well, uh, and I, I think that helped. Like Bryce Barnes obviously helped being from G- Gibson City, but um, those guys helped in that recruitment. And you know, you also run ran the risk of Jordan Anderson going to some camp and some school being like, "Why doesn't this guy have Power Five offer?" Which I kept saying when I saw him, "I'm like, how does this how does this guy not tank? Yeah, <laughs> how does yeah. this guy not have offers?" Or Henry Boyer going to some camp and they put him at left tackle and go, "Man, you know that, that kid's got some potential." But Illinois said, "No, we're we want you as a jumbo tight end right now. Uh, we like you there, and then maybe eventually you can be an offensive lineman. But no, we want you now." Uh, so I think that was that was really smart. If if those guys work out, we'll see. But it certainly helped with the recruiting pitch, and it might got it, especially with the year we had, Joey. Maybe those guys, if they would have had a normal year of being out junior year uh, camps, having a full season, um, I think Illinois took advantage of that as well. Some guys going under the radar. You know, I talked with Malachi Hood on Monday. And I think he's a guy, he said he, you know, there was some cursory interest from, from other power five programs. And it was very similar. Yeah, we'd love to see you here. We'd love to get you here. And Illinois got him to campus literally the first possible day they could have. And then the next thing, you know, I think it was five days later at most he committed. And that's, again, it, it's, if you trust your convictions, I think that's what we're seeing with this staff is this is what we believe. This is what we like this fits what we're after. We don't need to th- overthink this thing, yeah. right? I mean, if this is what we know, uh, Ashton Hollins, they saw him. Yeah. That's what they know. Like, hey, this is it. We, we believe in this. You don't need to see, is anyone else going to jump on? Aren't they? Will they? Make your move and go for it and, and keep plunging forward. So we'll see if that continues in the next class. But to me, that's a trend to this class yeah. is them believing in what they see. Yeah. And uh, again, you got to wait a couple years to evaluate it all, but – uh, I think the actual recruiting game they're playing is pretty impressive. 
I, I think um, it's obviously good. They got to get more headliners, and I think that's Austin Brown. They would love that. We'll see if they can get a guy like Cella Brown or Anthony Brown or Sean Miller, Ryan Bear, Patrick Kudis. But they're in those battles, man. And 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 if you win a couple of them, you feel pretty darn good uh, about this recruiting class. Uh, I, do you think Brett Bielma was celebrating that one when he found out Saturday? You know, over over his alma mater. I'm guessing probably he's probably on vacation somewhere. If I had to guess, they're, so. they're wrapping up vacations uh, here or, or they're in the process of wrapping them up. Before I realized when this came in, I thought, I wonder if these guys are just like hanging out, watching WCIA, seeing how this is going to work or, or if they're gone, like live streaming it. Because for a while, I mean, I guess you were like the only one outside of the building on the face of the earth who knew that this was going to happen. Um, might have known. An inkling for, for a while, yeah, may, maybe, yeah. For, for a while, it was like, I don't you know, the reports were like, yeah, we don't know if he's told anybody. Like, there was just no smoke. That was like Illinois third assistant quiet for a little bit, right? <laughs> and and so then I was like, okay, I wonder, wonder how this is going to happen. And I would have loved to see them all in some room, like huddled around yeah. a TV trying to watch this. But yeah, I would imagine he celebrated. Uh, I bet he was pretty, pretty happy about that one. And I, I wonder. I do wonder because him and, and Kurt go back so far. I do wonder if there was any playful banter. I, I would think not. It would probably seem a little too fresh to uh to well, go. I, I was at a tough run here, which is weird. Right? I I know the allegations happened last year, right? Like, but it didn't affect their twenty one class. Now I know they had a bunch of those guys already uh committed by that point, but their their twenty one class was phenomenal and they had followed up with a really great year. Um, so yeah, it's, they're struggling a bit and, and Bielma has got two wins against Iowa. That's, that's pretty big. Like that's gotta be annoying. It's gotta be annoying if you're Iowa or an Iowa fan. It's like Illinois, like we got to worry about them now. And I think that's a great sign, uh, for, you know, and again, we, we can go back to lovey. Iowa lost Kendrick green to lovey and they just weren't able to sustain it. The key is sustaining it moving forward. All right, Joe, when we come back, let's take a quick break and talk about the biggest, the literal biggest topic uh, on Illinois campus and Illinois athletics, and that's Kofi Coburn. That's next on the Illini Enquirer podcast. Hello, everyone. It's Michael Richards here. You might have seen me on CBS working on their Champions League coverage over the last couple of years. I wanted to tell you about an exciting new podcast that I've been working on. It's called The Rest is Football. It's me, alongside Gary Lineker and Alan Shearer, Two absolute legends of the game. The show combines topical debate from the world of soccer along with outrageous tales from our careers. And I mean, outrageous. Just search The Rest is Football wherever you get your podcasts. All the best from Big Meets. Paramount Plus and the National Park Foundation present A Mountain of Zen. This Earth Week, you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on Paramount Plus. Paramount Plus, official streaming partner of the National Park Foundation. All right, Illinois gets a top 100 point guard, Joey, this week, and it's not the biggest news. Uh, Jay Neps, what what a what a great get for Chester Frazier and Brad Underwood, and you know I wrote about it like what a great kind of cycle of guards they're going through in the Brad Underwood era, which certainly wasn't the case in the, in especially the John Gross era, but uh, Bruce Weber towards the end wasn't great either. But now. Kofi Coburn is announcing his decision. What a wild Wednesday it was there with every Kentucky insider and reporter leaking out that it will not be Kentucky uh, and that they 
don't want him. I, I don't know how true that is, but Kentucky doesn't need him. I mean, Oscar Sheepway is a great center, and I know they're going after Duren, the top uh, prospect in 2022, who's going to re- reclassify who's a center. Um, but certainly good news for Illinois. Then Florida State comes up involved here, Joey. But certainly, like, that would be really weird. Let's just get out. Like, Florida State's a great program. Leonard Hamilton is developing lottery pick after lottery pick who are great in the NBA. Um, so I, I get the pull. It's a great program. Uh, it deserves everyone's respect. But it kind of came out of nowhere. And certainly reading all the tea leaves, it feels like Illinois is in a really good place, which is one heck of a way, if that happens, Joey, to wrap up this offseason that Illinois might be in a better place than anyone even envisioned going into it. <laughs> if it's Florida State, let's get this out of the way. Brad is going to have to answer some really, really – I mean, we're going to have to get some – Brad, Kofi. And I wouldn't say that's Brad's fault, but that was like there's what's the tie there other than they just pump out NBA guys, you know, left and right. It just doesn't make sense. I'll, I'll be well, honest you, with you. Like it just – are you, are you making more NIL at Florida State? <sighs> It's really hard to believe. I, like, I understand their football program is great. Their basketball program ha- is their basketball program has been better than their football program. So people should pay attention more in Tallahassee. They're a great basketball program, but it's like I that, I don't buy that. I could at Kentucky, right? Because they're way more interested in their basketball program. Like people should probably pay more attention to their football program because Mark Stoops has done a great job at Kentucky. But like, I don't buy that. Basketball fit, maybe, maybe. But for me, it's like you have a great thing at Illinois. Um, you have a fan base that adores you. You've had a bunch of success. I know uh, you're not going to have your guy Orlando Antigua there, but he's not at Florida State, right? You got Jeff Alexander, who you know really well. You got Brad Underwood, who you know really well. You have a really good roster around you. You have a team that's going to still play through you. And I think your brand is biggest here. And I think long-term legacy matters, man. Like I talked to Kendall Gill about it. Like, you come back to Illinois. If like you leave Illinois for Florida State for a year, like it's not going to be the same. Like you're not going to come back to Illinois, right? And and I think that stuff matters, man. Um, I, I really do. Like, whether it's job opportunities or just feeling good coming back to a place you can call home, a place you'll ever be forever be a legend. Like to me, that that stuff matters. But on top of it, I think it's the best basketball fit, and I think it's the best brand NIL fit. Is there going to be a point guard who's going to let you eat as much as Andre Corbello plan? I mean, just I was I could probably comfortably say plans to let you eat because the guy passes the ball like with so much ease and so much. He loves doing it, man. He loves doing it. And if you're the target's a seven footer, so man, we'll see, right? Like it feels like Friday is still a lifetime away, and it also <laughs> feels like this has been going on for like three months. And I'm looking, it is. 14 days into this transfer portal, Kofi Coburn experience. And it feels like forever because it's so outside. Okay. okay. Can, can I throw the theory out there? Can, can I throw the theory? Like, do you think he did this just to like market himself, which Hope genius, so. ge- so. ge- genius. If he did it, um, he's college basketball's biggest transfer. Kentucky's interested. People are talking like Kofi Coburn outside of NIL has it's been the biggest, college basketball. the biggest college basketball news of the last couple Period. weeks. He's Period. got Kentucky talking. He's got millions of people talking about him. Florida State fans, whoever they are, the basketball fans, like they are talking about him right now. Like, hey, can we can we surprise college basketball and be a title contender next year? And and then Illinois fans are, 
you know, they'll appreciate him a little bit more. And I can, I'll, I'll say this, like if he comes back, um, one, he's going to notch himself as probably the best big man ever at Illinois and, and notch himself in the pantheon of Illini. But like, if he comes back, people are going to buy everything just because they're so appreciative of the thought of losing him. And two days ago, everyone would be like, oh, he's gone. He, he's gone. And now he comes back, like whatever t-shirt you want to throw out there, whatever product he's pitching, man, I think Illinois fans are going to buy up everything. Just be like, thank you. I I hope, and I honestly thought about trying to put some feelers out to some, some, some companies that produce t-shirts and say, I won't say anything until Friday, but do you have something? If I'm Kofi, I have something in the works and I drop a link like, you know, I'm going here, boom, buy it and, and just watch it go. Watch watch those shopping carts get full because people would do it. And for as much stress as fans have gone under and as much frustration, I guess, just as I think a lot of the frustration, I wouldn't say it's necessarily rooted in, in Kofi as much as it is just the broad scale changes of college basketball, right? The transfer portal, NIL, how does it all work? How do they work together? I think that's all gone. Friday, the tweet is Illinois. I think it's... Yeah, because, I mean, he's drummed up drama, right? He certainly has drummed up drama and has taken Illinois fans for a roller coaster of emotions, right? So um, I've had people text me being like, just just announce your school, right? But, like, it, it's a business, man. Like, it is really a business now. Like, And, you know, I think for a lot of these high school kids, it's a lot of fun. You see less uh, transfers play this kind of game. But now in the day of NIL... He's getting so much copy written about him, so much publicity. That's not a bad thing for him. Dude, I'll tell you what. I hope if, if it is Illinois, I hope that Kofi is somewhere in the greater Champaign area and on Friday can name his price to go into anywhere down on Green Street and sign autographs for an hour and just watch the money flow in and then do it again on Saturday and on Sunday and on Monday and until you've hit the whole block. Well, I think he could do 50 bucks a pop on Friday. Right, I think I think there could be on Friday fifty bucks was a little low. Well, <laughs> all right, because I'm trying. I'm try, it's a college crowd, man. Like a hundred bucks, they'd be like, man, we could have one heck of a night at Cam's here, right? So I, I don't know, I, or the Red Lion, okay. I think they call it now. You put station back to get in. You give Kofi a hearty cut, maybe you know, say seventy five dollar cover charge. Kofi's there. You cut him sixty of those seventy five. And you just watch the money move in, man, because there would be no better place to be in Champaign-Urbana than the building Kofi's in on Friday night. I think your Illinois law, though, is going to keep him from a bar, right? Oh, shoot. <laughs> He's 21, though. Why not? Come well, on. That's what I'm saying. You're right. <laughs> it, again, we're assuming, you know, that's under the impression that if it is Illinois, that would be the plan. Is there a – man, I just moved here. I should know. Go to Marianne's, man. Chill out at Marianne's. Go anywhere. Like, just no, go anywhere. Ahead. It doesn't matter. It doesn't. It doesn't even matter at all. It's. I just hope he gets back to. If it is Illinois, I hope he gets back to campus very quickly because there will be some very immediate opportunities. Yeah. Literally anywhere. I, I mean, would think. If it was Florida State, I would just be like, okay, oh, okay, cool. Like, good, good luck. Um, I don't think it'd sting as much as Kentucky, but it'd be weirder to me. Like, oh. Kentucky makes more sense. Um, if, if you're gonna go somewhere, go to the Blue Blood. Um, but it, it just wouldn't make any sense to me. And, and everyone seems to think it's going to be Illinois. So, But if it is, man, like I, j- I said it earlier, and I know I was cramming a lot of thoughts in, in, into one statement there, but if he comes back, obviously they're a top 15 preseason team, which is a top four seed, 
right, in the NCAA tournament. Um, they are a Big Ten title contender. Um, Kofi Coburn is going to be, after one, one more year, is going to be top 10 scorer or top 15 scorer of all time, top five rebounder, top uh, 10 block shots guy. Um, it'd, be, it'd be amazing for Illinois basketball that three years in a row, Joey, you'd be like a top 20 team. Uh, three years in a row, be a Big Ten title contender. And once you get to the NCAA tournament, you're going to be in the mix. You're, you're one of those teams that could make a run to the Final Four. Um, I thought they could have been that two years ago. We didn't get that tournament last year. Obviously ended in huge disappointment. But Kofi, you end this chaotic offseason. If you end it with Kofi Coburn, Alfonso Plummer, Omar Payne added to a group that returns Trent Frazier and Demonte Williams for a fifth year. Andre Curbelo is back. Austin Hutcherson might be healthy. Um, you add Coleman Hawkins another year. Like Jacob Grandison is back as a starter, and he might not even start. Like three top one hundred freshmen. And yeah, three top one hundred freshmen, and you've got two top one hundred players in the class twenty twenty two in the last couple of weeks. I know this was the weirdest, most chaotic. Um, frustrating at times, but you ended up in a better place. In my opinion, if Kofi comes back, you've ended up in a better place than I, I thought you would be at the, at the beginning. If you would have had Orlando Antigua, Stephen Gentry and, and Chin Coleman still here. Like I, I thought Kofi was going to be like, yeah, I'm just going to the NBA or I'm just going to try and go pro. Um, and I thought, I didn't think Adam Miller was going to transfer, but I didn't think they'd have two top 100 guards on board already in this class. So, what a way to end it! Like at the end of all of that, and I understand all the the emotions have gone into it. You're in a great place, a great place, and even a better place than I thought you'd be. If I could go back and tell you that when the Chin Coleman Orlando Antigua press release officially came out, which you know obviously there had been buzz long before that, and and then the the Stephen Gentry buzz was was kind of brewing at that point. If I could tell you right then, hey, listen. It's going to get a little murky moving forward. I can't remember if Adam Miller was already in the portal at that time. Yeah, uh, he was. He, he, so that, that that was gone. That was, frankly, that's a really tough loss, I think. I mean, he started every game. Like I, I said it when he transferred. I think he's going to be great. I, I think he's going to be a really good player at LSU. Yeah. And, I, you know, the more you get away from it, the more you can understand because Curbelo is so good that he wants the ball in his hands, right? I, I don't think he's a point guard, but – and I think he could have worked with Curbelo just fine. So that didn't make sense to me because he knew what he was signing up for here at Illinois. But maybe he thought after a year it was, it was different. I, I think he could have been great here. And I think he yeah. was going to be great here. So um, he, he was on Team USA. And he's looked really good. And I think he's going to be really good for LSU. So, yes, I still consider that a loss. But to get Trent Frazier and, and Alfonso Point, I mean, remember, we thought Trent Frazier was going to be gone. Or is Demonte Williams coming? Like, we yeah. didn't know those things at that time. And, and end up with Plummer, Williams, Frazier all back, along with Curbelo. Uh, that's that's a heck of a rebound. And now you could have a, a center duo of Omar Payne and Kofi Coburn? Come on now. That's what I'm saying. If I were to tell you <laughs> on that day of the press release that all of this was going to happen, that, that Kofi was going to enter the portal. Well, first of all, that Kofi was going to withdraw from the draft. I mean, that's it's just been so many roller coasters. Like he's get, maybe he's gonna with he's not gonna withdraw, and then he's in the portal. Then he withdraws. Like the timeline has been very disjointed. But if I were to tell you then, like, okay, look, this is what the next few months are gonna be like. 
you are not going to enjoy yourselves as fans. Let's just be honest. It's going to be a tough run of it here. But at the end, you're going to be in a pretty good spot. People would have very reluctantly been like, you know what? All right. I'm trying to like make a movie comp of what this offseason has been like. It's like, hey, everything's great. And then what? Like we thought everything was awesome. And then you just go through all of these twists and turns. And at the end of it, hey, it's kind of exactly where I wanted to be. <laughs> and then Vince Vaughn punches out Owen Wilson's lover's wife and wedding crashes. And it's all back. And it's all back. <laughs> so, yeah, man, it, it's been it's not over. It's not over. It is not over, but what a way to rebrand. And and you know what? Brad has done stuff that deserves criticism. Sometimes he's a little too effusive, I think, in his praise of of players we've not seen. There's things you can, you can point to things and be like, you know, that can be done differently. But the guy adjusted to this, man, he adjusted on the fly to a, an upside down world of college athletics and literally, like, it wasn't obviously Adam Miller at impact, but this is, like, around his star, around, like, the guy who, along with Curbelo, we're going to have this whole operation here kind of hinging on them, and he's adjusted. And he's – I'm sure it's not been very pleasant at times. I'm sure it's been exhausting at times. But if at the end of the day, if he goes to bed Friday night and his center's Kofi Coburn and his point guard's Andre Curbelo and Trent's back and is back and all these pieces that you mentioned are there – Good for him for for yeah. swinging through the punches and, and getting up and for making it work. And and time after time, all while Chester Frazier, him, Jeff Alexander, build for the keep building and just keep stacking it up. Good for him if they do it. Yeah, when I saw him Monday at the Kendall Gill's golf outing uh, to support Cunningham Children's Home, which is always great. And um, I saw him and I said, how's your summer going? <laughs> he goes, what's what's that? Um it's been a it's been a trying summer, to say the least, uh, for Brad Underwood. Uh, he goes on vacation with his wife, and he told me he had like an hour or two with her before he got the call about Orlando uh, that he was going to Kentucky, and you know obviously there was there was a process there, and they were going back and forth to see if they could keep him, and then Chin happens a couple of days later. Right. And Stephen Gentry, I think they knew that was in the works for a long time. So that didn't uh, surprise him quite as much. But then you add, yeah, this Kofi thing to it. And he said it before. He's a tough SOB, man. He's he's tough. And I, I think there's a lot of coaches out there who aren't, aren't happy about losing control. They, they, they don't have control anymore. This is this is more like the NBA. There's a player driven league slash association now college basketball and it is mirroring the nba and whether you adjust to that or not is is whether you're going to succeed and there's going to be more adjustments to it i think both for players and for coaches um for coaches are you going to recruit as many freshmen anymore you know i think brad still believes in his culture he still believes that hey we get kids to buy into this and and they see it and they see reap the rewards of it they'll stick with us, but you can't help but not be skeptical because why would you recruit a freshman? You know, some coaches think that half of them or more are just going to end up in the transfer portal within a year. If they score two points or three points their freshman year, they'll be gone. If they score 10, they'll be in the NBA or they'll, you know, they'll transfer up a, up a program or something like that. So uh, it's fine in that sweet spot. And it's going to be very interesting to see how that all plays out. But Brad is adjusting to it is my overall point. Like 
He's gone to the transfer portal. He's found guys who can fit him. Um, you know, with Kofi, if he wins that, the NIL thing seems to work. Uh, the culture seems to work. The school seems to work. Uh, his hires would seem to have helped that. I think Chester's obviously involved here, but Jeff Alexander is really involved with Kofi Coburn. So we'd have to give him a lot of credit here too because Jeff and Kofi uh, have a good relationship. Jeff has played a bigger role, I think, in the program. At least Brad has told us that than, than some people would probably believe. So uh, if you get through all of this, man, and you have this roster with Kofi Coburn in the middle of it and all those other pieces, that, that's, a, that's a heck of an offseason for Brad Underwood to go through and to come out with that. You might be able to seek a vacation, man, right? Like you might be able to uh, to rebound. I think he said he got a one week window. He's got a one week window to possibly do it. He's going to Vegas on a boys trip. He said for for oh. for, for summer league because uh, I will be out there, and we'll see if a guy like uh, Andres Felice could be out there. We'll, we'll see, but um, uh, he signed he signed a two year deal, so probably not. But some Illini guys will be out there, and so he'll get away for that. But maybe his family can get vacation too. What I envision, Brad. At some, you know where they played the match in, in the middle of nowhere, Wyoming? Wasn't it Wyoming or Montana, one of the two? Just the, nowhere but a beautiful golf course. I don't know if Brad's going there. That's a place I can see Brad. Like, dude, just leave me alone. Yeah, he Let said me he, golf. He's, he's, he's a big golfer. Wine. He's a big golfer. He said he's barely played this summer. Oh, yeah. Get him out there. Let him have a couple glasses of wine. No cell phone service is the pr- preferred here. And just let him have a week, man, because – Deserve After this offseason, deserve it. You deserve it. We'll see. A lot of ball game left. Joey Wagner, thank you, buddy. Thanks, man. I think that was Joey Wagner dropping the mic at the end of that conversation. But a great conversation. Hope you enjoyed that. And uh, you want to stay tuned to Illini Inquire the rest of this week. Obviously, some big stuff coming up here with Kofi Coburn's decision and uh, Sean Miller as well, a, a top prospect that Illinois football is in on. He's announcing his decision on Saturday. And uh, it's been a month that you want to be in tune with Illini Inquire. And uh, we got more coming up. But Derek Piper uh, is doing a piece, you just told me, on who could be next in the Illini class of 2022 for basketball. I will do one of those for football. Football, uh, as well as, as Illinois football continues to fill up its class, but a lot more targets out there. And of course, the day to day with Illinois, we got you covered. We got some feature stories in the works as well. Uh, it's been a busy month and it's been a great time to sign up for Illini Inquire. We got big time media days coming up here. We got our position previews coming up for Illinois football. That man, that's coming up on me quick. This was supposed to be the week I get ahead of that, guys. That has not been the case with how busy we've been. Uh, but that is all coming up uh, as well. So sign up for Alana Inquire, just $1 for your first month of that. Also, appreciate you listening to the Alana Inquire podcast. Follow us wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to us, rate us, review us. We appreciate when you do that. Everybody have a great day. We'll talk to you soon, I'm sure, right here on the Alana Inquire podcast. <laughs>